Welcome to The Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Give us a call, 208-991-4783. And become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Well, speaking of Facebook... I asked our Facebook friends uh, whether they would like to hear a radio series starring the recently uh, deceased Mike Wallace. Uh, and uh, pretty strong support that folks wanted to go ahead and were curious about this series. Uh, the series was called Crime on the Waterfront. Uh, prior to uh, rec- recording this series, uh, Wallace had... Uh, made uh, his radio living as an announcer. He announced for a lot of programs, including The Green Hornet, Sky King, and Curtain Time. He had also been one in a series of actors to play the lead in The Crime Files of Le Monde. A series will play later, but there's only one Mike Wallace episode in that particular series. Among the existing uh, exemplars, This particular series we're going to play for you is kind of interesting in that it never actually aired. Um, It was basically a um, uh, it was basically a uh, a couple auditions uh, that never actually got picked up, Uh, and that's one thing that makes it unusual is because there's uh, not only uh, one audition, there are two separate auditions here. And they're a little bit longer than normal uh, radio shows. This is about 35 minutes without commercial interruption, uh, which is a lot better than usually 28 and a half or 29 and a half minutes uh, with commercials. So you get a lot more story, whether it adds to the mystery or it's padding. Well, I'll just leave that up to you. So here now First audition recorded on February 24th, 1949. It's the murder of Mrs. Lattimore. Waterfront. Kago calling. The National Broadcasting Company presents Lou Cagle, ace New York detective, fighter of crime on the waterfront. I'm Lou Cagle. Been around this waterfront off and on for eight years now. Guess I'll never get enough. I don't know, just standing here on the pier, even at 6.30 in the morning, watching those noisy little tugs bring another liner in through all this north river traffic. Lights blinking through the fog, boat whistles. 
The long, low blast of another big baby coming in the house. Gets me. Every time. Then every so often, the department hands me a chance to see a big ocean liner dock. By that, I mean they root me out of bed at six in the morning and they tell me to meet a certain man who's coming in on such and such a ship and be quick about it. At least, that's how it was this morning. Not the worst assignment. Fact is, if it weren't for the frantic young lady with a press card in one hand and a pad and pencil in the other who keeps pounding on me on the lapel, I might even enjoy it. But she's June Sherman. She's my girlfriend, so she keeps right on pounding. But I can't do that. It's unethical. Oh, sure you can. Then finish by saying that he thinks his wife, Mrs. Lattimore, looks wonderful after a three-month vacation in South America. That's what he'll tell you anyhow. In other words, you won't try to find me. Me, girl? A police lieutenant combs through a mob like this to get a statement for your paper from a broken-down diplomat? <laughs> Who do you take me for, Charlie Knickerbocker? Everett Lattimore is not a broken-down anything. He's an ex-ambassador, a prominent lawyer, and very good copy. All right, then why don't you go and look for him? I spent half the morning looking for him, but the paper sent me down here to interview his wife. So all I ask is that while I go aboard with the rest of the press to find out if she enjoyed the sea voyage, you keep an eye peeled. Glad to. And if you should see Mr. Lattimore, I'll tip you my can... hat and keep on walking. Look, the police oh, department you. doesn't pay me to boost your circulation. I am here this morning to see that nothing happens to an ex-thug by the name of Patterson who's been out of the country for eight years. And that's all I'm going to do. Look, you've told me this three times and it's still ridiculous. Since when have the police taken to protecting racketeers? Patterson's life has been threatened by a former mobster of his, a man named Landry. Uh, Miss Sherman, you've heard of crime prevention? <laughs> I've heard of it. Oh, oh, oh well. well. For that, tomorrow night you buy your own ticket to the hockey game. Oh, I'm beginning to understand. You wait until this Landry fellow starts up the gang tank with his submachine gun and then quick as a oh, flash... Oh, forgive you... me, I have an appointment. Llewellyn, is this goodbye? You call me no. Llewellyn once again, and right here in broad daylight, I'll take you over my knee, and I swear... Cagle. Hey, wait a minute. Somebody's calling you. Huh? Who? Lieutenant Cagle. Where's the... Coming down the gangplank. The customs man, he's waving at you. Well, what do you suppose Hank wants? Over here, Hank. Come on, let's see what he wants. Oh, okay. Oh, may I get... Oh. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. There's been a murder on board yeah. ship. A woman just got shot. Well, how'd it happen? I don't know. She was standing by the rail and just keeled over. A bullet in her neck. You know who she is? Yeah. Mrs. Everett Lattimore. All right, all right. Keep back. Will you all please keep back? We can't even breathe. You find Patterson? Yeah, he's in his stateroom. He wants to see you. Poor guy, scared half to death. He thinks the shot was intended for him. Yeah, so do I. Patterson's scared. So scared he won't let me into his stateroom until I show him the badge. June and I take a few minutes to cool him down, and then I ask how much he remembers of what happened up there before Mrs. Lattimore was shot. Enough to convince me if I don't get police protection, I'm as good as dead. Landry said he'd get me. He's out to do it. Is Mrs. Lattimore standing near you? Yeah. Pike had been talking to her. You knew her? Not very well. Her husband was my lawyer on a few things a long time ago. They met once or twice. What's Landry got against you? A bad break. You left for South America and he went to jail. Okay, isn't that a bad break? Uh, where was Mrs. Lattimore standing when she was hit? Against the rail. I don't know what you're asking all these questions for. It's as plain as day. 
Lambie took a pot shot at me from the pier and hit her instead. I tell you, the man is killed crazy. If you don't round him up, he'll try it again. And he'll keep right on trying until he gets me. It's probably Hank. I'll get him. Hello? Yes, he is. Oh, oh, just a minute. It's Hank. He says Mr. Lattimore just came aboard. They had to tell him. Let me take it. Hello, Hank. Where are you calling from? Lattimore there? You identify the body yet? He did, huh? Uh, do you think he could stand to answer a few questions? Well, I'll drop by just in case. Okay. Oh, just a minute, Lou. Mr. Lattimore, if you want anything, I'll be right outside the door. Thank you. Okay, Lou, you can go in. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Lattimore, I'm Lieutenant Cagle. I just wanted to let you know that we're almost certain who's responsible for what happened. And... Yes, the other gentleman said something. You see, an ex-convict named Landry had threatened to kill Mr. Patterson. Former client of yours, I think. Yes, yes, I know the man. I was assigned to cover Patterson's arrival this morning in case Landry showed up. I didn't see him, but he slipped through, that's for sure. As I recall, Mr. Patterson made quite a few enemies. Isn't it barely possible that Landry may not have killed me? I'm sorry, Lydia. Oh, Mr. Lattimore, let's, let's put this off. In a day or two, maybe. No. No, talking about it is better than... Uh, you say Patterson made other enemies. Any you remember offhand? Oh, Rick Pearson, Louis Benedict, for example. Underworld people, of course. Mm -hmm. They both ran in with Patterson at one time or another. Let's see. Somebody Pearson went up to Sing Sing eight or ten months ago for manslaughter. It might have been Rick. I'm completely out of touch with that crowd, though. I haven't talked with criminal law for better than ten years. What about Landry? I don't think Patterson ever mentioned him. He held a bag on a hijacking job of Patterson's. Summer of 1938. I, I say Patterson's, but we couldn't prove it. Yes. Anyway, Patterson left the country. Landry took the rap for seven years and came out hating Patterson more than ever. I see. So when word got around last week that Patterson was on his way home from South America, Landry went on a three-day toot. So half a dozen people heard him threaten to get even. Pretty clear case, if you ask me. I can't see anything else. Lieutenant, my wife's death was accidental. But it's no accident that maniacs like Landry are roaming the streets. I know, it's rather late for a man who spent half his life defending killers and racketeers to start calling for law and order. But I am calling for it. I'm rich. If you bring Landry in, there's $5,000 in it. Hold on, Mr. Latimer, wait a minute. Then I'll post it as a reward. $5,000 to anyone who brings him in. This may surprise you, but... All the years Virginia and I were married, she never once approved my work as a criminal lawyer. The day I accepted my ambassadorship, she was the happiest woman alive. Nothing since ever clouded that happiness except... Our occasional anxiety that one day all my years of connivance would somehow come home to root. Is there anything else with it? No, I don't think so. About your wife's personal effects. 
Clothes, jewelry. We'll have them sent to you if you wish. Yes. I'd want them. Did you know always wearing the bright colors? Deeply typical of her. Inside, she was an anxious, tired little girl, but she dressed like a peacock. The huge yellow hat today, just like her. It's close to midnight before Landry's in the net. We bring him to headquarters, check his alibi, and for the next six hours we take turns at trying to trip him up, but it's no good. He's covered and we can't shake him. Then after breakfast, June drops in, just in time to watch our teleprinter blow the rest of the case to pieces. Well, that's all. Pearson's been in jail since last March. Benedict hasn't left Chicago for two years. Brings us right back to Landry. And the big all-night denial. Uh-huh. Why not? No weapon, no witnesses. They'd laugh us out of court and Landry knows it. I love the ballistics report. Hmm? Well, how do you get a high-powered rifle into action on a crowded pier without being seen? Uh-huh, that's out. Shot was fired from a point on shore about 100 feet off the ground. Rooftop, warehouse, take your choice. How do you expect me to expect from Landry? You could have paid the bill. When you release me? After we have a little chat. There's one or two questions still left in my mind. A lawyer showed up yet? You don't need one. A uh, lock-up job, I'll be a few minutes. Okay, let's go. Sit down, Landry. Well, we've decided to turn you loose. Well... Finally coming around. Uh, wait a minute, let me finish. There's a small matter of a thousand dollars for bail. I got it. And something for you to think over. Landry, you're the only full-fledged suspect we have, and that's a bad spot to be in right now because Mr. Lattimore, big man in this town, has offered a lot of money to whoever brings in his wife's killer. Now, if you remember anybody else Patterson didn't get on with, I wouldn't keep it a secret. I can't name one guy that wouldn't like to see him dead, but... There is a special party. You see, a long time, ten years ago, Patterson had a girlfriend used to help along on the jobs now and then. Pretty, had some class, finally broke out of it and hooked her husband. A lot older than she was. Plenty of money. What was his name? Name of Fenwick. Yeah, a guy named Fenwick. Paul Fenwick? Yeah, yeah, his partner's store. So? So, Patterson got a window, saw a chance for some fast dough, and wrote Hazel a few letters. Blackmail. Tom's yeah. been tapping every year. Little here, little there. How much? Over 15 grand. She's ready cash. It'll be his first stop in town. See if I'm wrong. <laughs> More often than not, I'm at least four jumps behind everything that's going on around me, and this morning was no exception. Maybe Landry exaggerated a little when he said Hazel Fenwick's house would be Patterson's first stop. But it was finishing in the money. Excuse me, madam. Yes, George? Uh, Mr. Charles Patterson to see you. Shall I... Is anything the matter, Mrs. Fenwick? No. Please show him in. This way, sir. Hello, Hazel. Surprised to see me? Very pleasantly surprised. How are you, Charles? Fine, just fine. You look well. That'll be all, George. I'll ring if I want you. Yes, 
<laughs> Very pleasantly surprised. <laughs> that's good. That's right. What do you want? You're down to business, eh? Fine. I like that, too. Ought to make up for how you fell down on our bargain when I was away. What do you mean? You didn't peg you for a welcher, Hazel. Welcher? This is another shape, Monk. You can give me those wild eyes all afternoon. I've got no train to catch. But the sooner you come up with the last six payments, the sooner I leave. Are you trying to tell me I didn't... Hazel, I'm a patient guy. But you got every penny you asked for, every single penny. That's 7,500 bucks. But just for old time's sake, if I get it by 10 o'clock tonight, you won't have to read about yourself in the paper. Listen, you promised me when you left the country that if I'd help you get started in South America, once you were on your feet, you'd never bother me again. Yeah, that's what I said. During the last eight years, I've sent you over $17,000. Sure, sure, yeah. That's why my business went under. Because I had too much dough. Avery Wilson, care of general delivery. New York City wasn't that where you wanted it sent? Yeah. And if you'd sent it, I wouldn't be here. Well, I'll show you the canceled checks I withdrew the money on. I don't mean a thing. Oh, Chick, you got to believe me. I mailed the money, I swear it. You can't expect me to raise that much cash again. Maybe this, this Avery Wilson I sent it to. Who do you think you're dealing with? There isn't any Wilson. I don't worry about that end. If the money came through, I'd have got it. Oh, Chick, give me a break. There's not a chance in the world of more than a few hundred dollars by tonight. All right. Do this. I'm staying at 312 Stanton Avenue, third floor. Whether you have the full amount or not, be there tonight by 10 o'clock. Understand? I'll be there. Maybe we can work something out. Maybe we can. Yeah. Things are quiet enough the rest of the day. About 8 p.m. I knock off, have a sandwich. Take in the hockey game with June. By midnight, we're ready to put on the feed bag again, so we stop in at Charlie's place down near the river. You want onions, Lou? Uh, yeah, but no pickles. Take the pickle, I'll eat it. Coffee all around? Black for me. It's yours? Uh, the cream and sugar, Charlie, two lumps. <laughs> Primo here is now leaving the waterway division. Cream and sugar, take the pickle. But, Lieutenant, this hamburger is so much better than the one you bought me for dinner that I... Well, I just can't help myself. More reasonable, too, don't you think? Look, girl, if it's the Waldorf you're after... Come on, don't fight. Finish telling me about Madison. Well, that's all there is. One of the men saw him going to Mrs. Fenwick's house late this afternoon. Half an hour after he left, she called a cab, went out of cell. Came back in time for dinner. Uh, where'd Patterson go? Straight to his hotel. Hasn't been out all evening. But he's waiting for some dough to show up, huh? Might be. Can't you arrest him for blackmailing her? You get her to sign the complaint. I'll arrest him. The pet chance is there, huh? Hello? Yeah, hold on. It's for you, Detective Richards. I'll take it. Hello. You what? Yeah, yeah, sit tight. I'll be right over. Hey, what's wrong, Lou? Patterson. They just found him lying on the floor of his room with a bullet in his back. He's dead. <laughs> Detective Richards, the young plainclothes man we have keeping an eye on Patterson's place, is standing in the curb when June and I pull up in a taxi. He picked up the idea somewhere that the killing's all his fault and that he'll be back in harness by sunrise. As we start up the stairs inside... Dead man's room's on the top floor, huh? What? Yes. As usual. Thank you, Miss. Uh, she's worried about losing weight. Come on, let's go. 
Be careful of the banisters. Slivers all over. Richards, was Patterson dead when you found him? Yes, sir. About 1.30 it was. Still warm, though. When was the last time you saw him alive? A little after 11 o'clock. He went across the street with some cigarettes. Hey, Phil. The place. I can't keep up the pace. You're not smoking enough. Yale. Undoubtedly Yale. Anyone else go up to his room besides you tonight? No, sir. Not from outside of the building. I'm sure of that. What about the shot? Did you hear it fired? Not a sound. And it's been quiet. Plenty quiet around here tonight. Silence has fixed that, though. Who'd you get to stay with the body? Foreman Jameson. The landlady went out to fly the prowl car for me. Then you didn't call me until after Jameson relieved you, huh? No, sir. I didn't think I'd leave the body alone. It's okay. Now, oh, which room is it now? It's down here, the second door. Jameson's inside. I'll be right with you. Uh, you gonna make it, Missy? Fine, fine. Don't quit. Come on now. Just a few more steps. You'll remember this. <laughs> Jules will hold this in her pretty little head for some time. You betcha. Everything okay, Paul? Yeah, just fine. Oh, uh, how are you, Lieutenant? Hello, Jay. Good evening, man. Good evening, officer. Well, there he is. Hmm? Uh, has that window been open all the time? Oh, yes, sir. Nothing's been touched at all. That's right, Lieutenant. What do you know? Found something? Uh-huh. Take a look at this bullet hole. That high-powered rifle is back in circulation. The same gun Mrs. Latimer was killed with? Well, same kind, anyhow. Let's see now. If I wanted to shoot someone standing in front of this window, what would be the best spot in that apartment building across the street to do it from? The floor just opposite this one. Yeah, yeah, but on short notice, that'd mean going to a landlord who might identify me later. So if I were really hot stuff with a rifle, I'd set up on the roof and wait till the target walked across my sights. Yeah, but Patterson was shot in the back. He's lying face down. Yeah, but you see how his knees are kind of doubled up under him? Yeah. Patterson's pretty tall. If he'd been standing up, the bullet would have broken the window before it entered his back. The window's okay, so... So he must have been sitting on the sill with his back to the street when he was shot. Oh, by the way. Uh, Richards, does headquarters have a report of this yet? Oh, no, sir. After I called you, I came right back here. How about you, Jameson? Yeah, I didn't even know it was a murder until Detective Richards told me to tell Okay. Uh, Junie, Junie, you run downstairs and get Charlie on the phone. I will. Now, look, tell him to forget I said that Patterson was shot. In fact, tell him to forget we were near his hamburger joint tonight. What's the deal? We five are the only people absolutely certain that Patterson's dead. The murderer knows he went down, but it didn't have to be fatal. If the story goes out that Patterson came off with nothing but a flesh wound, I think we just might get another visit from the killer. That's very old stuff, Lieutenant. Whoever shot Patterson was in a rush. Much more so than the person who killed Mrs. Latimer. You're looking for two killers? I didn't say that. Well, of course you didn't say that. I simply Will asked Will you please him... call Charlie? All right. Would you believe it? Occasionally we have talked about marriage. Well, anyway, presuming we get the authorization, here's my plan for what it's worth. Fifteen minutes later, on the way down to headquarters with June, I get an idea and I tell the cab driver to drop me off at the Belmont Arms, Mr. Landry's given address. 
I am just crossing the lobby when Landry steps out of an elevator with a suitcase in his hand. Oh, good evening. Oh. oh. You looking for me? Mm-hmm. Why the suitcase? Going out to my sister's place in Queens. Anything wrong about that? It'll take a queer time. It's, uh... Three in the morning. You can't sleep in this joint. Upstairs, I mean, someone's throwing a party. That'd be easy to check. Check it. What's all the excitement? Somebody took another shot at Patterson tonight. Don't well, look at me. I've been in bed since one o'clock. Well, how do you know that's an alibi? I didn't say when it happened. Well, before that, I was playing cards up in Joy House room all evening. So call him if you don't believe me. Okay, Landry. But look, take some friendly advice. Nobody on bail ever looks good with a suitcase. Go on back upstairs and forget your sister. If you say so. Tell me something. Patterson dead. What makes you think he was hit? Well, wasn't he? Flesh wound in the shoulder, he'll be okay. Maybe Hazel Fenwick, eh? I don't know. It's a long distance job. From the back. Oh. You wait, he'll get it. They can't go on missing a rat that big very long. I'm up the rest of the night selling a bill of goods to my boss, Captain Lawrence. As far as he's concerned, keeping Patterson's death in the QT is mostly kid stuff and not likely to settle anything. We go back and forth like that till the sun comes up, but when I leave his house, I've got the okay to go ahead. Now, there are a few more holes to plug, so I'll wait till about noon, and then present myself at Mrs. Fenwick's. As the butler goes in to announce me, Mr. Latimer comes out. Lieutenant Cable, I hardly expected to see you here. Morning, Mr. Latimer. Is anything wrong? Quite a bit. Involving Mrs. Fenwick? Oh, that's what I'm here to find out. You know her very well? Intimately. She's been my client for years and a very dear friend. Mm-hmm. How'd you meet? Oh, husband Paul. We were classmates. What's up? Oh, maybe nothing at all. Ever know her before she got married? Why, no, but I can assure you. Do you mind telling me why she needs your services just now? No, not if you keep it confidential. All right. She's doing poor for a divorce. Oh? Not a man? I don't think so. One of those things. Mm-hmm. Now, would you mind telling me why she's being investigated? Well, I plan to drop in at your office this afternoon anyhow, bring you up to date on the Patterson business. If there's anything to this, I'll give you the whole story then. Oh, fine. About three? I'll be there. Mrs. Fenwick will see you now, Lieutenant. Right with you. Goodbye, Mr. Latimer. Uh, goodbye, Lieutenant. Yes, sir. Thank you. What can I do for you, Lieutenant? i tell you what, Mrs. Fenwick, I'll just talk and you interrupt me when I make a mistake. Yesterday afternoon, your old friend Chick Patterson came here and tried to shake you down on the basis of a shady path... I don't know what you're talking about. Look, if you'd rather discuss this at headquarters, I can arrange it. Patterson didn't have any more money when he left than when he entered, we know that much. So, here's the question. Where were you between midnight and three o'clock this morning? Right here at home. Can you prove it? My husband's out of town on business. The servants know I was home by eleven. Then you can't prove it. Maybe it's not news, but Patterson was shot last night. Did you see him at all during the evening? No, I didn't. Oh, that came out mighty fast. I feel you ought to know, Mrs. Fenwick, that although he was hit, Patterson's not dead. In fact, no more than scratched. 
you like to reconsider that answer? I haven't seen him since yesterday afternoon. Okay. He's being released from the hospital in a couple of hours. I, I don't know how much you've been paying him, but I'll bet you're in for a price ride. Think it over. I arrive at Lattimore's office right on schedule. Come in, Lieutenant. You're quite punctual. I try to be. Have a chair. Thanks. Did you know Patterson was shot last night? Well, I should say not. Whatever happened? Same as before, long-range rifle. He was standing in his room near the window. Good heavens. Was he killed? No, shattered a bone in his arm, but he'll be okay. He wasn't discovered till close to an hour after the shooting. Lost a lot of blood. You still suspect Landry? Yeah, but he had an alibi for last night. And does it hold? Uh, I can't say. It's still in the mill. Lieutenant, would your visit to Mrs. Fenwick in any way connected with this case? I'm not sure. She's been a good friend of yours for a long time. Hmm? Yes. Did you know that she used to work for Patterson? Hazel? You must be mistaken. Years ago when she was a kid. We've checked every acquaintance as we could find. What? You can hardly suspect her. We right? generally suspect everyone. But it needn't get out. Oh, Lord, no. It would ruin her. Especially with the divorce settlement pending. I wish there was some way we could be certain. Oh, I'd forget it. Patterson's well enough to go on home this afternoon. He still doesn't want to press charges against Landry because he knows they won't stick. Mrs. Fenwick never be called in except maybe at a trial. So, let me I can't impress on you the calamitous effect such a scandal would have. Look, it'll be okay. The odds are a thousand to one you'll ever have to talk to another police. But my job is to run down whoever it is. Yes, happens. yes, of course. And no matter what it may cost any of my friends. But I'm sure he... Well, that makes two of us, Mr. Lattimore. Well, I've got to be moving along. Thanks for your time. Well, thank you. And uh, I'll keep you posted. <laughs> set and ready to roll. Landry and Hazel Fenwick thought Patterson would be back in the open by sundown. Lattimore was designed enough not to scare Hazel, if it was Hazel, out of trying to finish what she'd started. And Uncle Lou had, as usual, taken too big a mouthful for himself. By nine o'clock in the evening, when I start up the front steps of Patterson's boarding house, I'm rigged out to look as much like him as possible, even to a black silk arm sling. On the way upstairs to his room, I get to considering the various disadvantages of this scheme. In order for it to work at all, the killer has to show. And what kind of a killer do you draw off so soon after his original try failed? Uh-huh. A nice desperate one, complete with sharpshooter's badge. And it doesn't make me feel any safer to know that I'm in this thing all by myself, either. Then the icy shivers set in. Addison's door is unlocked, and locking it was the last thing I did before leaving here last night. There's only one thing in the world I can call to mind that'll give me strength enough to kick open that door. So I call it to mind. $5,000 for anyone who furnishes information leading to the arrest and conviction. All right, will you walk out, or do I come in after you? There's a neon sign jutting out from the building across from this one, and when the light blinks on, it turns everything in Patterson's room a watery red. On, off, 
Let's dark again. I'll wait till it shuts off a second time. Step inside. Close the door behind me. Then it's on again and I freeze. Off. I cross to the window. Draw the shade. Snap on the table lamp near Patterson's bed. As far as I can tell, the room's the same as we left it. I take a ruffled pillow from the bed, prop it against the lampshade. That cuts off enough glare so I can sit near it and still watch the roof of the apartment across the street. Then I go back to the window, raise the shade all the way up, and stand there. No customers. Just the red and black of the neon sign on. On. Off. So I plump myself on the far edge of the bed, take out a deck of cards, and begin a game of solitaire, keeping as much of an eye as I can on the stretch of rooftop through the window. I see it perfectly when the light blinks on, but while it's off, somebody could roll up a cannon on me and I wouldn't know it. Ten minutes drag by. Twenty minutes. Still no bid from the killer. Maybe it is kid stuff. Maybe I... All right now, Cable, there's your boy. Come on, keep cool, cool. Get that gun handy. Now wait. Just wait it out. They're hungry enough to come all the way in for you. All the way... Step inside, you'll wake the neighbors. You surprise me, lending yourself to a foolhardy ruse like this. I could barely believe my ears when I heard Patterson was dead. If it's not asking too much, how did you hear it? The district attorney's office isn't exactly unknown to me. That, however, is not the point. I'm here to insist that you abandon this reckless masquerade immediately. Haven't enough people been killed? You want the murderer, don't you? Of course I do. But setting a trap with human bait is a little too much. While I'm on the subject, will you be good enough to draw that blind? Posing as a target may appeal strongly to you, but... All right, all right. Now, will you just tell me what... Oh? Raise your hands as high as you can, Lieutenant. All right. Now stretch out in that bed. Face down. Just as easily hand you, Mike. Huh? Do as I say. Sure, sure. Ah. You can get up now. Right. What a queer-looking Roger got. What's it called? This pistol's name isn't half so interesting as its model velocity. Just like your high-powered rifle, hmm? And even at close range, no powder burn. Yes, fellow. They find me, and it looks like another long-distance job. It's very thorough. I'm surprised you slept so early in the game. I remember, Lieutenant. The yellow hat my wife was wearing. I saw through the telescopic sight when I shot her. Yes, if it hadn't been removed before you identified her body, you could have stopped last night. After you got Patterson. I suppose so. Would you mind moving over toward the window, Lieutenant? I'm in a bit. 
Tell me, did you kill your wife because she held the purse strings, or did she know about you and Hazel? A little of both. Now put your right hand behind you and edge the window shade up very slowly. Sure. I said slowly. And keep the other hand up in the air. I got you. With Patterson, you were afraid he'd tell Hazel you were the go-between on his blackmail rack. She wouldn't have liked that, you stealing so much dough from her. No, she wouldn't. Run the shade up a few inches more, please. You want it uh, just above shoulder. Like about here. Go ahead, move, move. Go on, just once, just move once. This is no silence. Let's see, Lattimore. Cagler, don't, don't you? Please, please. I won't move, Cagler. I promise. I promise. Come on, get up, Lattimore. It's all right now. Get up. No one's going to shoot you. And that, I guess, was sort of a horse on Lattimore. Walking him back downstairs instead of shooting him up because... Well, because you get the same effect so much easier by simply offering the gentleman a chair. Be with us next week when a kidnapper, an ocean-going kidnapper, meets Lou Cagle, fighter of crime on the waterfront. Lou Cagle is played by Myron Wallace. June Sherman by Muriel Bremner. Crime on the Waterfront is written by J.T. Kelly. Welcome back. Well, a somewhat uh, uh, dangerous and foolhardy scheme for an actual uh, policeman to be uh, undertaking with no backup and no one watching them, just planning on taking the criminal uh, single-handed. But it does work out in the end as... Uh, Luke Hagel gets his man. Unfortunately, he doesn't, uh, I don't think he's going to collect his, uh, reward, uh, for obvious reasons. But overall, I thought it was a good series. Uh, I think the main reason it didn't make it is you just had, uh, it was as Jim Widner said, you just had a glut of, uh, radio programs, uh, on the air, uh, detective shows. And uh, it did not leave a whole lot of room for uh, new shows, particularly when the star was going would be someone uh, who was not nationally known. At this point, uh, Wallace was based out of Chicago, um, so a lot of his uh, programs were more regional in appeal. Uh, in fact, uh, Crime Files of Flamont, uh, many of those uh, recordings were transcribed and recorded out of Chicago. So that ha- uh, had more to do with it than Wallace's talent or the actual scripts. Um, but uh, glad to bring this to you. We'll have another, uh, a second uh, audition next week. Well, we do have a listener comment. Uh, this one comes off of iTunes. Uh, Reservoir Tip writes, I really love old-time detectives, and Adam's commentary and production just makes it all the better. I hope you keep it going for many more years. Boston Blackie, Nightbeat, Richard Diamond would be good for future editions. I've been listening for years now. Bravo for a job well done. Well, thank you so much for listening out there. And uh, I definitely agree on all those choices. I was just listening to uh, some Boston Blackie today and I can hardly wait to uh, 
bring it to you. You know, it's just one of those things that takes a little bit of discipline because only five shows at a time. All right, well, that will do it for us uh, today. We will be back uh, tomorrow with Let George Do It. Next week, the last of the Crime on the Waterfront. Also, uh, be sure if you do have the uh, premium site or the app, uh, we do have an episode of The Good News with uh, William Gargan for you to enjoy. In the meantime, uh, send your comments, Box13 at GreatDetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And give us a call, 208-991-4783. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.